welcome to my mommy's podcast. This episode is brought to you by Perfect Supplements. This is a new supplement company that I really love. I've recently discovered them. Their products are made in the USA. They make all natural, nutrient-dense superfood supplements at incredibly reasonable prices. So I found this company really helps make it possible for families to eat a nutrient-packed, all-natural diet without breaking the bank. And even better, they offer bulk discounts. So if you have a big family, this has really helped our budget. You can buy all of their amazing supplements like liver, collagen, even fermented kale, and get up to 35% off with bulk orders. If you use the code wellnessmama10 at perfectsupplements.com, you can also get an additional 10% off of your order on top of that. Definitely check them out. The other sponsor for this episode is the Wellness Mama Cookbook. And yes, that is my cookbook, but I wanted to specifically talk about it for a second because I spent a lot of time compiling this cookbook as a resource for busy moms. As a mom myself, I know that you just don't have extra time to spend hours and hours each day in the kitchen. And this is why the cookbook contains all of our family favorite recipes, Many of them you can make in under half an hour using only one pan, so you can save on the dishes as well. And they have sneaky veggies, which use veggies in place of a lot of the refined ingredients in many foods. I know that your family will love the recipes as much as ours does, so grab it at any major bookstore on Amazon or check it out on wellnessmama.com. Welcome to the Healthy Moms Podcast. I'm Katie from wellnessmama.com, and I'm here today with Justin Mayers, who, along with his brother Nick, is the founder of Kettle and Fire Broth, which is the first and only USDA grass-fed bone broth. And these brothers have been passionate about health their entire lives, and they started Kettle and Fire in 2013 after looking for a high-quality bone broth and having trouble finding one. So the backstory is... And Justin's brother, Nick, tore his ACL and was looking for foods that would help with the healing and recovery process. And Justin's an awesome brother, so he went online to try to find Nick some broth, which is great for recovery from those kind of injuries. And he could only find frozen bone broth, which was made from non-organic, non-grass-fed cattle and shipped in styrofoam containers, which are terrible for the environment. So we'll talk about the story more in depth, but the long story short is they decided to create a better option and their passion for creating a superior bone broth led them on this long journey to find the best recipe, the best bones, the best ingredients, and the best packaging. And the result of that journey is what is now Kettle and Fire Broth, which is available at many Whole Foods stores and also online. And it's a shelf-stable grass-fed broth, which I've been using a lot recently. So Justin, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Super excited to be here. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So let's get started. How did you get into this broth business? I kind of gave an overview of the story, but like, take us on the journey with you. <laughs> yeah, so I, I first heard about bone broth, you know, doing uh, CrossFit. So being involved in the CrossFit community, I'd kind of heard a couple friends that were using it for recovery, were using it for different gut issues that specifically one of them was having. And I, at the time, was working in tech and just traveling all the time. And so it was something that I wanted and I went online to buy it. It was like, mm, I want this. I don't know that I want to spend $200 <laughs> buying a bunch of frozen stuff and have it sit in my freezer and all of that. So I said, you know, there, there has to be a better way. Like you can buy almost any health food product that you want at Whole Foods or online these days. And so after a ton of searching, I found that there was literally no high quality bone broth available in a convenient format. And as you know, when Nick experienced his knee injury just a couple weeks later, uh, I also, you know, I redid the search again, went to try and find him some, make sure that it was good, made from grass-fed bones, you know, was certified organic, all of that, and yet nothing existed. And so that's when Nick and I decided, you know, 
hey, we should team up and do this bone broth company together, <laughs> which at the at the time was called Bone Broths Co., which is possibly the worst name we could have come up with. So <laughs> uh, now we're much happier with Kettle and Fire. But yeah, so that's that's how we got started. Very cool. So I think probably a lot of people listening are familiar, at least in passing, with the benefits of bone broth. I've talked about them a lot. And certainly bone broth is very well documented for its use in traditional cultures around the world. And many of them have at their core some version of bone broth or meat with a bone in or some kind of dish like Mm -hmm. that. So let's talk about the benefits of bone broth. And is there any modern research that backs them up? Sure. Yeah. So there's a lot of research backing up the specific amino acids and nutrients in bone broth. There's less done on the bone broth itself. Uh, that's actually something we're looking into and talking to a couple different academic institutions about doing studies around this. Because right now where it stands, it's kind of a, it's, it's a product that a lot of cultures say, you know, this helps with recovering from illness, like your, your grandma's chicken soup or chicken noodle soup that's pretty prevalent in Eastern European and a lot of Jewish traditions, uh, especially, you know, in Asia as well. There's a lot of stories around bone broth, and then there's a lot of research around the efficacy of glycine, glutamine, gelatin, collagen, uh, glucosamine, and all of these nutrients that are present in bone broth. And yet there's no real single authoritative study that shows or points to the benefits of bone broth specifically just yet. So uh, I can talk a little bit about the research that is out there if if you'd like. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, so there's a lot of interesting studies, including one that came out about a year ago, that points to the ability of gelatin specifically to attenuate or basically lower the effects of glucose. And so what this study showed is they showed that when you ingest sugar or uh, you know some high sugar foods, snacks, whatever they are, the results of you know the way that sugar acts on your bloodstream, the way it spikes, when you eat sugar alone versus when you eat sugar while also eating gelatin or glycine, basically your blood sugar spikes roughly 50% less uh, than when you just eat sugar alone. And so that's a really interesting point because it kind of points to the idea that when you're ingesting glycine or gelatin as part of a diet, you know, even if you're eating something that might be a little bit high in carbohydrates, your blood sugar is less likely to spike and thus less likely to trigger an inflammatory response or, you know, all of the negative things that we're trying to stay away from as health conscious people. There's also been a lot of interesting research around glycine's impact around and usefulness in clearing out excess methionine. And methionine is something which can build up in your system when you eat large quantities of eggs or muscle meat. Uh, And it's highly related to high homocysteine, which is a big risk factor for heart disease. And so glycine is required for uh, the synthesis of glutathione and uh, uric acid, which are important antioxidants, which help clear out methionine. And so there's a lot of different theses, research pointing towards the idea that effectively when you ingest glycine or gelatin uh, when you're eating meat, it allows your body to process those and get a lot of the nutrients out of the meat without necessarily having some of the negative side effects that, uh, you know, like methionine buildup that you see in a lot of people that eat just tons and tons of meat. That's really interesting. And it's kind of neat. I'm excited for more research on this to back up what traditional cultures seem to have intuitively known for years. I feel like when you can look at the history of so many cultures and see um, bone broth in some form, 
it's like there's an intuitive wisdom there, but I'm definitely a research nerd, so I love seeing the yeah. research now starting to back it up. Yeah, same. I mean, there's you're completely right. There's definitely a lot of traditional wisdom. Uh, I also think that just in general, there's a lot of research and a lot of studies pointing towards the idea that we are, as humans, meant to be eating multiple parts of the animal. You know, like you get a lot of health benefits from eating all parts of the animal and not just cuts of muscle meat like ground beef or chicken breast or whatever over and over again. Uh, and so I think bone broth is a really, really key and easy way to incorporate some of the nutrients that you don't necessarily get in muscle meats into your diet. Yeah, and that's a great point. And we're kind of in an interesting point of history where we can actually just choose to eat the muscle meat. But if you look at our grandparents and certainly our great grandparents, they used the entire animal out of necessity and they got a lot, probably a lot wider of a nutritional profile from their food by doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that it's getting it's getting this resurgence. What are some of the compounds that you would find in bone broth that, so you talked about the gelatin and there are amino acids like proline and glycine. What, what kind of things do, will you find in broth? Yeah, so you'll find most two things. So uh, proteins and amino acids are the big things that separate bone broth from a lot of other health foods. So if you're eating organic vegetables uh, or just cut some muscle meat, what you're often not getting is a lot of the amino acids, like glycosaminoglycans, or they're called GAGs, which are include like glucosamine, glycine, uh, all of these different amino acids that help with recovery, help with joint health, digestive health, and the like. You're also getting a lot of collagen protein, which doesn't necessarily exist in muscle protein. Where where you'll find collagen for the most part is bones, connective tissue, tendons, and often skin, which most people just don't incorporate into their diets. And so those are kind of the key nutrients, key proteins, key amino acids that make bone broth a really, really important and highly nutritious food, uh, even for someone that eats pretty well otherwise. Gotcha. Okay. So I've been making bone broth for years and I have blogged about it. I think a lot of listeners may make their own bone broth, which um, is awesome. And I'm so glad to see so many people doing this. And a question I get a lot that I'm hoping you can answer for us is um, when it comes to broth and whether it gels or not, because it seems like a lot of people have problems with getting it to gel or not gel and what is it supposed to do? So can you talk about why broth gels and if that's a good or bad thing? Yeah. So to answer the first, the second question, it is almost certainly a good thing. Now, why it gels is because oftentimes as you're doing the long cook times, the collagen protein will break down into gelatin. And then when that gelatin cools, it binds together and creates that you know jello-like uh, substance, that jello-like feel, that texture that you'll see in a lot of bone broth when it's cooled. Now, I have seen a couple reasons why a lot of bone broth won't gel. One is different bone mix. So oftentimes, you know, we found that when we cooked our bone broth a certain way, even if we were using uh, the exact same bones but didn't cut them or didn't prepare them in a certain way, it wouldn't necessarily gel. And so we've seen a lot of bone mixes, like if you just used femur bones alone, there's a less a chance that the broth will actually gel, you know, when except when you use neck bones, toe, a mix of femur bones and kind of mix it up. I would say that your chances of getting a bone broth that gels is actually much better. So we've seen that the length of the cook time greatly impacts the gel. I mean, we cook ours for 24 hours. You know, if you do it at home and cook it for 48 hours or however long you want to do it, 
the longer you cook it, the higher the chance that your bone broth is actually going to gel because you're letting the bones and the connective tissue break down more and more, which allows it to gel, you know, just even more. And so those are like the two big factors that we've seen in terms of creating a bone broth that gels is cook time and the mix of bones that you use. Okay, cool. So let's talk about the mix that you guys use, because what I also think is unique is that you guys have beef broth, which um, I feel like the majority of people, when they make it themselves, they start with chicken mm-hmm. or like chicken or turkey usually, because um, I feel like beef is a little more tricky yeah. and there's also tends to be more of a smell to yep. it. Um, so since you guys use beef bones, what kind of bones do you use and how do you make sure that they're high quality and that it's going to have those same properties? Yeah. So we source all of our bones from family ranchers that use organic and completely pasture raised, 100% grass-fed animal raising practices. So we source from a network of these family farms, mostly throughout the Midwest. We pull and use a mix of neck, femur, and ankle and toe bones. And then we treat and prepare the bones in a certain way to maximize the availability of the bone marrow, the connective tissue, and to make sure that our bone broth Uh, gels as often as possible. And so what we do, you know, in the early days as we were starting this, it was kind of driving us crazy because we didn't realize uh, exactly some of the nuances that go into making bone broth at a large scale. And so we found that some of our boxes would gel, others wouldn't for whatever reason. And we realized that because of the way that we were making bone broth in these 2000 uh, gallon steel drums, like completely different process than you know, you making a quarter to at home. And that's because the bones kind of settle at the bottom. And so we found that a lot of the product we were making would gel when it was first packaged. But as you got closer to the top of the kettle, where the water was a little bit farther away from the bones, we were getting product that just wasn't gelling as well. And so we've since fixed that, but we've, we've learned all of these different things, like how to cut femur bones, how to, to expose more marrow to the broth into the water as you're doing these long cook times, all of these things impact exactly how much our bone broth gels. And it's why our product has only gotten better and better and is still the only one out there that when you open it, pour it in a cup, put it in the fridge for, you know, 15, 20 hours, it will gel up just like a homemade bone broth. So you just mentioned marrow. Let's go a little bit deeper with that. Um, So explain what bone marrow is and why you would or wouldn't want it in broth. Yeah. So bone marrow is the kind of rich fatty substance that is in mostly femur bones, spinal column uh, of, you know, not only these animals, but also humans. And so bone marrow, it's about 97% fat. And there's been a lot of really interesting studies that show that the fat tissue in bone marrow, it has a whole bunch of really, really healthy, nutritious hormones, uh, lipids, different things that promote health and wellness. And so the more that you can expose that bone marrow to the actual bone broth and let it seep into the broth itself, uh, the better off it is and the better the broth will actually gel from our experience. Gotcha. And those may be more difficult things to replicate at home. Like you said, it's probably simpler on some levels to make it at home in smaller batches, but it may be hard to source things like neck bones and femur bones that have been cut and things like that that you guys are able to do on a larger scale like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, most people at home, no matter how big of a bone broth fan you are, are not going to be splitting femur bones and exposing, you know, cutting them in different ways and exposing the marrow to the broth and all of that. 
they're just not because it's time intensive, it's hard, it's kind of messy. So that's that's what we do to to get those extra nutrients into the bone broth. Yeah, definitely. So let's walk through the process a little bit. Um, maybe people listening are familiar with making broth at home, but let's take them through the process of how broth is made and also the differences of making it at home versus like a commercial thing. You touched on that a little bit, but take us through that process. Yeah. So what we do is we source uh, the bones from 100% grass-fed, grass-finished animals, all raised using organic raising practices. So we take these bones, we then take all organic ingredients, including apple cider vinegar, uh, throw it into a kettle, and then slow simmer it on low heat for 20 plus hours. So usually we do 24 or 28 hour cook times. So after going through this process, what you're left with is a broth, you know, and all of these vegetables and the bones that have been now broken down somewhat and cooked down. And so we then filter out the vegetables that and the bones that we've cooked, separate them, uh, then you have this, this super nutrient-rich broth. We then package that into our packaging under a vacuum so that there's no air where it's being packaged. And you know there, that way you can get no germs, no bugs. There's nothing that can get into the carton as we pour the broth into our cartons, seal them, and then send them to our warehouse. And so that's why you know that, that last step where we're taking the product that is clean, that has just been you know, cooked for a long period of time, when we fill that into the carton under a vacuum, that's why we have a shelf-stable product, meaning the product doesn't need to be refrigerated until you open it because there's literally not even air in the carton. Like there's nothing in the carton for the broth to react to and thus go bad. And that makes you guys unique, right? Because I'm familiar with quite a few broths that are, like we talked about earlier, refrigerated or frozen. They get shipped in big containers. And you guys are the first to market that I know of, at least with um, a grass-fed product like this that is shelf-stable, which definitely sets you apart. Yeah, exactly. And we wanted to make sure, you know, you can achieve shelf stability through a couple different ways. You can add preservatives, you can add additives. We didn't want to do any of that. So it took us a really long time to nail down this process and figure out how we can make a broth that is shelf stable, still gels, you know, relatively high protein uh, and still delicious while also having the shelf stability aspect and without adding any preservatives or any of those kind of unnatural gross ingredients. (laughs) Yeah. And the part that I love about, especially with broth, um, I actually have relatives who used to can their own broth in jars. And I've had people ask like, well, doesn't that kill all the nutrients? And when you're talking about vegetables or certain foods, it can when you overcook it or can it um, or have it under high pressure. But with broth, you're cooking it at a high temperature for a long time anyway. Mm -hmm. And so it's a very natural part of the process. So you're not damaging any of the nutrients and you're actually helping preserve them in the way you guys do that, which is really fascinating. Yep, exactly. Hey guys, I want to pause this episode for just a minute to again thank the sponsor for this episode that makes it possible, perfectsupplements.com. They make these amazing natural nutrient-dense superfoods made in the USA and incredibly reasonably priced. They are recent additions to our diet and I'm finding that every product of theirs I love. Um, that I've tried. A favorite in our house right now, especially among my husband who does not like liver no matter how I cook it, no matter what I do, is their perfect desiccated liver supplement, which is a capsule. So if you have listened for long, you know that I use organ meats in our home a lot and I consider it nature's multivitamin if it's from a really good source. 
Um, if you have a hard time with the taste of liver, like my husband does, you may want to try their desiccated liver capsules. Other products of theirs we've been using recently are collagen, their greens powders, and even fermented kale because I will admit I don't actually love kale. It's just one of those greens I don't love and so it's made it possible to get it in our diet. But back to their liver. It's made from 100% grass-fed cattle and nothing else. Their liver is packed with vitamin A, B12, and iron, and it's this is the same product that has been recommended by Tim Ferriss and Dave Asprey, and I finally broke down and tried it, and I love it and can see why they recommend it. So I actually found, especially with um, pregnancy and nursing, that liver capsules like theirs can really help with energy levels and help mental clarity, which of course all moms need. So I wanted to, you guys to be able to try it and love it as much as I have and they've offered an amazing discount so you can get 10% off of any order by going to perfectsupplements.com forward slash wellness mama and using the coupon code wellness mama 10 but the best part if you're from a big family or even if you only have a couple of kids you can order in bulk and get even bigger discounts so they offer 25% off if you order three bottles of their supplements and 30% off if you order six bottles. So if you combine this with the coupon code wellnessmama10, you're saving 35 and 40%. And you can mix and match these to get a volume discount. Um, great way to get discounts on their prices and some of the best prices I have found on these supplements, especially USA made high quality ones. So just go to perfectsupplements.com forward slash wellnessmama to get all of the details. This episode is also sponsored by the Wellness Mama Cookbook. And as I mentioned before, this is a resource that I worked for hundreds and hundreds of hours on to create a guide that would actually be useful, practical, and really easy to use for moms who are busy and who don't have hours and hours each day to spend in the kitchen, but who also prioritize cooking real food. And my kids helped me test these recipes, so they are definitely family approved. They're also mom approved, and here's why. Um, like I said, I'm an incredibly busy mom and I don't have a lot of extra time. So the majority of recipes can be made in under 30 minutes and a lot of them can be made in only one pan because I'm personally not a big fan of dishes and would rather not do any more than I have to. So you can check out the cookbook at any major bookstore on Amazon or on wellnessmama.com. It contains over 200 family-friendly recipes, as well as some meal plans, some guidance on planning, and some how-to for getting your family on board with eating healthy. I also like to tell people that it's a completely grain-free cookbook, but if you don't avoid grains, you can easily add in things like rice and pasta to dishes for most meals. Um, what I did though is I replaced a lot of the refined ingredients in the recipes with vegetables. Our family does not eat any refined flour or refined sugar, so I replaced those in recipes with vegetables that kids love, like zucchini and cabbage and sweet potatoes. And there's everything from lasagna to chicken fingers to shepherd's pie and all of our family favorites. You can check them out, like I said, any major bookstore or at wellnessmama.com. Now back to the episode. Yeah, so definitely not all broth is created equal. And I talk a whole lot about obviously sourcing if you're going to make your own source the bones from a really high quality source but let's talk about that about what are the factors someone should consider when they're either making or buying bone broth yeah so i would say two factors when you're making it ingredient quality is the first and by far the most important i mean if you're buying bones from factory farmed animals which you know hopefully you're not if you're doing this on your own uh, you're going to get a lot of the toxins and some of the negative things that the cattle have experienced in their in their factory farm diet. And that's probably not something that any of us want to incorporate into our diets. So first and foremost, ingredient quality is of utmost important. And the second piece is the cook time. 
And so when you're considering making this on your own, you know, I would just make sure that you have the right ingredients and can afford to sort of monitor the, the bone broth that you're cooking for an extended period of time. When you're looking at buying it, again, I would think ingredient quality is of the utmost importance. And the second piece is not only cook time, but what ingredients and how they process the bone broth. So there's a lot of companies, Pacific Foods being one, where they say they have a chicken bone broth. Uh, they actually take a bone paste. So it's a paste made from a bunch of mash-up chicken bones and kind of crappy cuts of chicken meat. They mash all of that up. They flash cook that that paste in water. Then they add uh, maltodextrin and a couple other additives to the product so that they can say they have a shelf-stable bone broth. Now, to me, that's not necessarily a product that you still want to be incorporating into your life, you know, just because of the additives, because the low ingredient quality. And so I think that it's really important to look at those two factors when you're considering buying one or or making it on your own. Yeah, I agree. That's so, so important. So let's talk about that a little more. How do you, um, because there are a lot of bone broth products in grocery stores or broth or stocks, they're called different things, um, in those kind of Tetra packs, which are similar in size and shape to yours. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about how they stack up and why, like you just mentioned, they may not be a good choice and you may not be getting the benefits by choosing one of those kinds. Yeah. So it's it's a good question. So effectively what you're seeing is a lot of these large companies kind of had a race to the bottom in terms of quality and price when it comes to a beef broth or a beef stock. And so all of these companies for their broth and stocks, they will do quick cook times. They will add a ton of sodium, uh, a ton of what they'll call natural flavorings to get flavor in their normal broth and stock because both of them are flash cooked for two to four hours at really high heat. And they're just churning through these products because most people are just using them as a flavoring agent in, you know, a soup, vegetables, rice, whatever. Now that bone broth is becoming something consumers are starting to care about and something that they're getting excited about. These big companies have kind of jumped on the bandwagon. So companies have said, you know, oh, we'll add a tiny bit of apple cider vinegar to our existing chicken stock or our existing chicken broth, and we'll call it a bone broth. Now, the USDA allows that because they haven't released any sort of guidelines yet around what is considered a bone broth. And so if you're Pacific, you just add apple cider vinegar to your existing chicken stock, call it a chicken bone broth, and you're all of a sudden you have a product that is selling pretty well because you know it's very very on trend and it's something consumers are demanding. Now, still to this day, you know we've been around for about 15 months now. We're still the only company out there with a shelf stable bone broth product that doesn't have any unnatural ingredients in it that gels when you take it home. You know that that has all that's made from 100% grass-fed, grass-finished cattle bones. And those are qualities that are really important to us and ones that I think will matter a lot as more and more consumers become educated around what is important, why bone broth is delicious, you know, why it's important and why it's good for your health. I agree. And I'm excited that you guys are going to be, and you already are in quite a few stores, to be a better alternative, even for those who are just trying to buy broth off the shelf. And maybe for people listening, I know for a long time, I was kind of stuck in a bone broth rut where I would use it in soups or like just drink it on its own. But there's so many creative ways to use bone broth. And I know you guys have some really cool stories from people who have used your broth. So let's talk about that. How do you get creative with bone broth and incorporate it into your life? Yeah, great question. 
So we have a ton of customers that use it to make soup. You know, they'll use it in different recipes. A lot of them will add different things in the morning, like ginger, garlic, Himalayan sea salt, what chili oil, egg yolk, what, whatever it is. We've heard tons of stories of customers that have doctored it up and started drinking it in the morning. And so those are the main use cases we see is either do something really interesting with it, uh, use it as a morning drink, or use it in cooking you know, to replace a more standard beef stock or beef broth or what have you. One of my favorites is I just heard last week from a customer that he uses, I think they're called chaga mushrooms. So he uses chaga mushrooms, a little bit of turmeric, and blends that together with a some sort of probiotic to make what he calls like his bone broth morning power smoothie. <laughs> and it it sounds really interesting. Like I'm planning to try it myself just because I want to see what it tastes like. But he said that he drinks it every morning. He loves it. He said it's replaced his morning coffee. And we hear stories like that a good bit, which are which are pretty cool. It's just really interesting to see people applying their creativity and their own kind of flair to a product that's so traditional. Yeah, I agree. I actually have uh, a ebook that's going to be releasing soon that I used your broth in developing, but it's an entire ebook about broth and it's called Broth for Breakfast. And it kind of follows my own journey with that as well. In fact, um, I have a recipe that's kind of a hybrid of like the bulletproof coffee idea and your bone broth. And so instead of coffee, you're using broth, but you're blending in all the good fats and some superfood spices and that kind of stuff. Um, And it really is awesome. So much energy in the morning when you do that. Yeah, completely. I mean, I personally, I like to use ghee. I've done coconut oil on occasion. Uh, and it's it's just delicious. Absolutely. So you guys have people who are just drinking this every day, basically. It's become very much part of their daily routine. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we have customers that drink an entire carton every morning before they go to work. Or, you know, they'll drink half in the morning and then take half to work and use it as an afternoon snack. Uh, we have We have people that drink, you know, 30 to 40 cartons a month, which, which is a lot of bone broth. <laughs> That's impressive. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's pretty cool. Very cool. Um, so if someone is kind of just getting started into bone broth, or maybe they've seen the trend or they're seeing the benefits and they want to get started and they don't want to make their own, um, they can obviously order online from you guys, but talk about what stores you are in also so people can find you locally if they're able to. Yeah, so we are in Whole Foods up and all up and down uh, the West Coast, so specifically the Rocky Mountain region, so Utah, Colorado, uh, Nevada, New Mexico, as well as the Pacific Northwest. And so you can find us in Whole Foods there. Otherwise, we're in about 300 other retailers, uh, mostly up and down the West Coast. So if, if you want to try and find us, we'll be in a lot of smaller kind of natural independent supermarkets. Uh, if you're looking for us just in a independent spot. Very cool. And the part that amazed me when I started researching it, because I've always been very much a DIYer and I've made my own broth for years. And um, so your broth, I feel like is at a really good price point. It's lower than a lot of the refrigerated ones because you don't have to ship it on refrigeration, but it's super high quality. And I found that to actually make a similar broth would cost me more because since I don't have the economies of scale that you guys have in making 2,000 gallons, it actually costs more for me locally to buy the bones to make it myself than yep. just to get the convenient <laughs> kind from you. <laughs> yep, we found the same thing. <laughs> A lot of customers actually say that, which is, you know, works works for us. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, have you done much research into broth and traditional cultures being used as like a first food for baby? Because that's, I always introduce broth to my babies first. And I've read some at least traditional viewpoints that it might help to prepare the gut for food. Do you have customers who are doing that as well? We do. We have a lot of customers that use it for their kind of under three-year-old children. So babies to toddlers. I personally, you know, I don't have kids just yet. And so I can't really speak to firsthand accounts of seeing how well it works. But we have a lot of customers, a lot of mother customers that have said just how much they enjoy our product and how much their kids like it, which is great. Yeah, I'm excited. I hope that that'll be a trend that continues in the next generation because seeing kids who like bone broth so much and even more like the millennial generation, um, there seem to be quite a few of them who have an interest in broth and more of this return to traditional foods. I'm hoping that's a trend that'll continue to grow. Yes. (laughs) What what do you see as kind of like the future for bone broth and what's the future with you guys for bone broth? Yeah, for us, I mean, the future is pretty clear right now. Like I see so much interest in bone broth. I see so much interest in traditional foods, traditional ways of incorporating these key nutrients back into your diet. And so we're just going to create more and more products that fulfill that. Like right now we have just a beef bone broth. We'll be launching a chicken bone broth. It's the most no brainer second product of possibly any company ever. It feels like (laughs) we've had tons of people ask about that. We'll be launching more flavors. Uh, We'll be launching different kind of bone broths that are uh, more in the ready to pour and drink family. You know, like you mentioned, you you blend some different fats into it. So we're going to be working on a couple of different bone broths that have some fats that are pre-blended into it that we've tested in our kitchen and are amazing. So we're just going to be moving more down the path of creating products that make it easier for more and more people to incorporate bone broth into their daily lives and to their daily routines. That's awesome. And I can't wait to try all the new ones. One question I get a lot, people read about the benefits of broth and they'll read how to make it, or they read about gelatin and collagen and how those are so helpful for the body. And the question I get is, is there a vegetarian option for this? I don't like to eat meat. And I have my own answer to that, but I'd love to hear your take on it too. Yeah. So funny enough, we, we've definitely gotten this question, uh, but funny enough, we have a lot of customers, maybe not a lot, but a, a certainly uh, several hundred that are vegetarians who say that this product is the only product that they will eat that's actually a meat product. And they do it for the nutrition and also because, you know, there's not really the ethical quandary that a lot of vegetarians have when it comes to bone broth. Like most many vegetarians say they don't eat meat because, you know, for ethical reasons. Well, with bone broth, we're literally making calories, nutrition, and, you know, giving you a, a real food source Yet we're doing that by making use of a product that is traditionally thrown away, like the bones. And so we uh, we found that some non-insignificant portion, portion of customers will actually drink this, even if they are vegetarians. So I'd love to hear your answer because uh, that's that's pretty much what I've seen. That's fascinating. Yeah, I think especially for you guys because you're using – Um, pasture-raised cattle. So they were even in a humane environment when they were alive. And like you said, it's just going to be wasted. So you're actually, you're helping the environment in several ways by using those in a way that provides nutrition to people. And my answer has always been that based on the research I've seen, there's not a plant food that replicates the exact effects of gelatin and collagen and animal products. And I wish for the sake of those readers that there was, but I am yet to find any research that there is. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I've not seen anything either. 
Yeah, I think there's a few compounds that derive. There's one from seaweed and some things that will act in the way of gelatin in a recipe to cause the gelling, um, but they don't act the same in the body. And I think that's the important key is if you're just your goal is to get a texture in a recipe, yeah, you can replicate that. But if your goal is to get proline and glycine and collagen and gelatin, I'm sorry, but I don't know of a way. Yep. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Awesome. Well, um, I just want to make sure readers know where to find you. So I... I always go to kettleandfire.com and if they go to kettleandfire.com forward slash wellness mama, they can find out about you guys and about the company. Are you on social media? Where else can they find you? We are. Yes. Yeah. So we're on Instagram at Kettle and Fire. We're also on Pinterest, uh, Facebook, all of the big social platforms. But I would say uh, Instagram and Facebook are probably our two biggest by far. Awesome. And hopefully soon you'll be in a lot of stores. They can find you in their local neighborhood as well. Absolutely. Very cool. Well, Justin, thank you for being here and for talking about broth. It's definitely one of my favorite topics and a food that is in our house all the time. And I appreciate your work (laughs) in evangelizing broth and in explaining all the benefits today. Fantastic. Thanks so much for having me. And thanks to all of you for listening. And I'll see you next time on the Healthy Moms Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Moms Podcast. Did you know that you can become a Wellness Mama VIP member for free? Just go to wellnessmama.com forward slash podcast to subscribe to the podcast and then click free membership to gain access to a membership library of health and wellness resources. You'll get the latest from Wellness Mama each week, as well as special discounts and offers. Also, find Wellness Mama on social media to stay updated with the latest podcast episodes, blog posts, and more. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you next week.